Vibrations podcast, part 25, Bay Logan. Hi, I'm Gary Brightman, and this is my bi-weekly podcast called Vibrations. Established in 2018, Vibe is a book and music shop situated in Moiwo on Lantau Island in Hong Kong. So, what's been happening at the shop over the past couple of weeks? Having run three events in quick succession, last Saturday was a quieter one. The Vibe version 2 reboot work continues on. We've cleared out a large number of free books now and we'll continue giving away more. The shelves are looking tidier and the shop is getting easier to navigate through. We now stock Lantau prints from local photographer Michaela Tudor. I've also installed two record decks now and a DJ switch to enable us to run DJ sets. Our next event will be an invitation only third anniversary party at Vibe. We have two bands on the bill and we'll broadcast the two sets on Facebook Live on the 22nd of May from 2.30pm onwards. Today I interviewed Angelica Cheng and Benny Birkenkotter, two university students who have set up an NGO called Caring Frontiers. That's caring spelt with a K. The purpose of Caring Frontiers is to provide fundraising for refugee Karen students in Myanmar. Vibe has donated to this very worthy cause by donating two goodie bags for prizes in their June raffle and sponsoring a student for one year via their website at caringfrontiers.com. Don't forget, caring is spelt with a K. This year, Caring Frontiers is aiming to raise 302,000 Hong Kong dollars to empower 534 students and 60 teaching staff among five different post-secondary schools located in refugee camps. Just 560 Hong Kong dollars is all it takes to sponsor one student for a whole academic year. And so, to this week's interview. Bay Logan is the most successful and prolific non-Chinese filmmaker in the Hong Kong and China movie industries. Over the last three decades, he has worked with and for the movie legends Jackie Chan, Chow Young-Fat, Gong Li, Sammo Hong and Jet Li. After relocating to Hong Kong from England, Logan worked for action superstar Jackie Chan, writing and producing the documentaries Jackie Chan, My Story and My Stunts. The films Gen X Cops and Gen Y Cops and producing the smash hit The Twins Effect. Bay also wrote and produced the $60 million epic The Medallion starring Jackie Chan which was filmed in Ireland and Thailand. In 2016 Bay wrote and produced the martial arts epic Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Sword of Destiny. The film stars Donnie Yen, Michelle Yao and Veronica Ng and was shot on location in New Zealand. It was a hugely successful release worldwide on Netflix and theatrically in China. Bay was the producer on the critically acclaimed smash hit Vietnamese thriller Fury, the most successful Vietnamese film of all time, and the country's submission to the Academy Awards in the Best Foreign Language Film category. In 2020, Logan produced the martial arts thriller Furies, the action-packed follow-up to Fury shooting on location in Vietnam. At the same time, he produced a History Channel documentary, Killing Bruce Lee, about the mysterious death of the late great Little Dragon. Bay Logan lives in Hong Kong, where he runs the Hungar Kung Fu School, the Kwai Fong Martial Club, and has published five books, including the best-selling Bruce Lee and I. He is the proud father of five Eurasian children and speaks English, Cantonese and French. 
Okay, so here I am in Kwai Fong Martial Arts Centre with no less Bay Logan. Yep, glad to be here. Thank you. And so, as we do, we'll start off with ten uh, questions. Yes. First question: What's your favourite book or author? Well, my favourite author is definitely the American writer Cormac McCarthy, uh, and uh, my favourite books of his would be the Border Trilogy. And the reason is, I think um, that. I came to him, you know, quite late in the day, but I find him to be an author who really has tapped into some vein of American Gothic, and yeah. certainly um, the way he writes is, as I moved into middle age and past middle age, the things he writes about, the subjects, really echo in my own life, and I thought the way it's, it was extraordinary to me, having read as voraciously as I have, to come across an author who really redefines the English language and I, I say yeah. that kind of as somebody who's read a lot of other great writers as well but I found the Border Trilogy was just an extraordinary piece I wonder I mean because thankfully he's still with us I think there's something about living authors who perhaps never quite get their due yeah um, and I think that he still perhaps is not sufficiently recognized at the same level as Steinbeck or you know some of the great American writers yes. who come before yeah. uh, Scott Fitzgerald people like that and I think in time in hopefully in the years he has left and then in later years he will be recognized but he's unquestionably my favorite author favorite <clears throat> musical artist well my favorite musical artist uh, is definitely Bruce Springsteen oh yes <laughs> some somebody who's like work has breathed in the years of my own life because um, I can very remember the first time I encountered him we were on like a school trip to, to England and wow. we were in a record store and somebody picked up and when I had like more hair and was skinnier I looked like a bit like Bruce Springsteen on the cover of Born to Run oh yes and the guy picked up and says hey there's a guy here looks like you so for a gag yeah. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to buy the album and tell people it's me, yeah. pick up chicks or whatever. So I brought that album back, and it's the famous cover with him and Clarence, Clarence Clemens on the front. Yeah. So then went home, and after looking at it for a few times, I thought, well, I bought the bloody thing <laughs> to put the vinyl on. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. And it was just like, oh. And then it's so interesting because, I mean, the opening song is the title track, Born to yes. Run. Yes, yeah. And I've seen many interviews subsequently with Bruce Springsteen when he talks about the fact that in that song, the lyrics, there's a song like Tramps Like Us, Baby We Were Born to Run, yeah. which is how you feel when you're 19. And then there's I Want to Know If Love is Real, real. Yeah, which yeah. is what you want to know as a you know, when you're 30 and older than 30. Yes. And I was fascinated going back and he said, you know, I never get bored singing these songs because they open up and they breathe in the ears. Yeah, yeah. And I find there's so many... Um, of his songs of which that's true and uh, I think he's just an extraordinary I mean there, there's, a, there's I'm, we're lucky living in a I've lived through the times when there's been extraordinary uh, yeah. songwriters working in, in the rock medium and we just talked about Elvis Costello before yes. probably you know, the great rock poet of our times yeah. um, and uh, you know I even go back to people like Roy Orbison and I always kid with the boys I just say you know because um, my, my two um, twin sons who are 19 are rappers now right. and they're doing great music but I always say to Ryan and the guys listen to this you know you guys are so unlucky because I don't think the music today the yeah. pop music of today matches up to what 
yeah what what there was in yesteryear yes so um i'm kind of a big fan of retro rock records yeah and, but but bruce springsteen definitely leads the pack yeah do you have a preferred drink oh absolutely it would be coffee i drink way too much coffee okay. it's strange i mean i i always you know I'll, I'll have a beer with the lads and i'll drink wine um with with you know with company but yeah. left to my own devices probably you know i would just every few hours hit the caffeine get a caffeine hit right and um it's been great in my lifetime the from in england growing up when it was really just instant coffee yeah you know, yeah this cafe was, yeah, and the, the rise of you know like boutique coffee shops and, and starbucks everywhere and yeah. pacific coffee everywhere and of course you have in my war the lovely uh, bakery is it yes. the bakery yeah, yeah the bakery they the have very bakery. nice coffee there and so it's definitely would be coffee yeah. and i probably drink too much of it do you have a life motto it's very you know it'd be so easy to be glib but i thought if you can ask me a serious question i'll give you i'll give you a serious answer in my late years as i am now i mean i suppose the big the big thing that's kind of kept me on an even keel is yeah. this idea that we're not uh human beings having a spiritual experience we're spiritual beings having a human experience and if you kind of get too attached and too hung up on stuff you can make life completely miserable for yourself and others yeah. and it's this fine line i mean you know obviously I, personally you know i'm a buddhist but you don't have to be anything any ism or ist but it's basically life is a balance between attachment to the things that really are valuable but are transient um, and letting go of stuff that's painful and unnecessary. So I think this is something much easier for spiritual beings to do rather than physical corporal yes. ones. Do you have a favourite Hong Kong walk? Uh, it's funny because it's, it's in your neighbourhood. It would be around the waterfront at Moi War, um, yes. including you know a stroll definitely dropped by the Vibe bookstore. Oh, yes. Um, but I love that whole area. It's got... I don't know how we started going there. Well, actually, Elizabeth, my, um, my partner in crime, had... Um, used to go to the old Silver Mine Hotel to write her ah. novels because she was a novelist before. So she used to go there to write years ago when it was not as developed as it is now. Yep. And then we started coming on family getaways to Silver Mine uh, with the kids and then, you know, different events. When I was having a difficult time in life, when I had to kind of like hide out for a while, I also went to Moi War. So it's a place that really embraces a lot of memories. My mom coming to visit, we stayed at the Hotel Silver Mine, and I remember riding one of those. I think they've changed the rules, but at the time you could ride one of those pedicabs. Yes. It's like, I felt like Sam Hung in Pedicab Driver. <laughs> I was riding along with my, my mom in the back. Yes. Do you have a favorite Hong Kong restaurant? Uh, it would be the Solimia restaurant in, uh, in Soho. And the reason yeah. is uh, because they serve excellent Italian cuisine, but also it's been kind of um, the go-to place. Um, uh, I think I actually proposed or began my relationship with she who would be, become my second wife in their old location. They moved to the new one, but we've had yes. birthdays and my mum coming to town and we yeah. always go there. So it's a combination of the friendship we have with the owners, the, yeah. the, 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 the actual cuisine, and also the fact that uh, we've got so many happy memories about Solimio. Faced with a python whilst walking up to the peak, what would you do? I would uh, immediately whip out my uh, phone and from a distance shoot as many photographs from as many angles. I put my hand in the shot, my head in the shot. Yes. I would do as many photographs as possible to show how brave I was and then I would run away at great speed. <laughs> so it would be a combination of uh, photos for bragging rights yes. followed by um, sheer panicked flight. What's the best advice you were ever given? Well, <clears throat> I think it was somebody quoting somebody else, but it's uh, it was 90% of success or succeeding is just showing up. 
And right. this is something that um, definitely um, just being there, showing up. I mean, there's kind of a corollary to that, prepared to work, having done your homework with the right mental emotional attitude yeah. but if you're not there and this is something I think that's become increasingly a problem in the distanced social media age yes. yeah. of this sense that you don't physically have to be anywhere that you're digitally present and I'm not a great believer in that no. I really believe that and this is one of the reasons that we maintain this space here in Kwai Fong which is like a multimedia multicultural center where people can actually come and you know, work and cooperate Interact. and create together. Yes. I think that's a very important thing. And, you know, yeah. I wouldn't say any of my life changing or greatly rewarding experiences have been online. They've all been yes. interpersonal. Yeah. So I think, and, and when I talk to people, I always say, you know, well, if you just, like me, when I wanted to come and make films in Hong Kong, there's a lot to be said for just showing up and not leaving. And I actually don't think yeah. I know anybody who showed up, worked really hard, and refused to quit who completely failed. I've finished this sentence. I live in Hong Kong because... Mm. Well, I live in Hong Kong because whoever you are, it allows you to become that which you are prepared to work for. Yes. And I've seen that definitely in my own case where I was this kind of like um, the, the son of a, uh, an accountant and a nurse in Peterborough, England. And they said, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, I want to go to Hong Kong and make Kung Fu movies. Yeah. And you, the look on their faces is like if my son said he wanted to be an accountant, I'd be like, you want to do what? <laughs> yeah. So, but the fact is that Hong Kong is a place where you show up. And what I like, it's, it's very digital and binary in that you come in and it's like somebody says, oh, so you're saying you can do this, show me. And you've got yeah. endless examples of people who, uh, like myself, have come in with really extraordinary ambition, but they've been prepared to work and they had yeah. a certain innate ability and they were allowed to become that. Right. You also have people who crash and burn because this city has no tolerance for people who are full of it. Yeah. And if you can't deliver, if you can't make money for somebody, if you can't create for somebody, you get kicked to the curb really quick. I don't have trouble with that. Yeah. Like, particularly in my own area, I always say it's not called tell business it's called show business you've got to show yes. and there's too much telling yes. you know there's yeah. too much yabba yabba online and and, and and twittering and chitting and chatting it's like no you know it's like you you if you're working in film if you're working in music if you're working in the written in, in written media if you're writing books you have to show people your work yeah. and share it otherwise you know what's the point Hong Kong has been I think still is a place where if you come in and you say, I have an ambition of something I want to do, I'm prepared to work all the hours God gives, and um, I'm going to be, and I'll apply everything I have, and I'll be as smart as I can be. Hong Kong is an unusual place because there's certainly other cities yeah. where there are limitations in terms of your education background, your ethnicity, your class, uh, whatever, you know, that still exists to this day. Yeah, uh, and here I don't feel I've never felt any of that I felt that if you came in and, I mean as a white guy who became a successful Hong Kong film producer making Chinese movies I think that's probably I'm like the poster boy for that Yes, and yeah. uh, I, I think it's true across the board what's changed over the last 
t years that I've been here, and certainly true in the arts, is we don't have the sense of community that we once had. And yeah. I think that's a shame. Yeah. And that's something, again, I'm trying to foster. So anybody hearing this who wants to, obviously you get my contacts at the end, who wants to reach out and use the space or be involved with our extended creative community, we really welcome it. Yeah. But I think what social media has done is actually push people apart when it's like, well, we'll Zoom together or we'll talk, you know, obviously COVID has a role to play in that, but otherwise it's even, yeah. it's the trend. It's I'll text you or I'll yes. Zoom with you or I'll FaceTime with you, not so much yeah. showing up and actually being part of a, yeah. a community. Yeah, I, I think we're moving into a period, it's time to reconnect, yeah. isn't it? Mm human beings again do you have a favorite area of hong kong uh well it's boring for you i guess it's muay war and Not the rest boring. of lantau which okay. you which you walk religiously every sunday i, I know do. for a fact because every time i come to the store you're out walking the hills but good for you yeah uh, but no i do d definitely find that to be um a really you know pleasant area with a lot of happy memories and it hasn't been as yet overly spoiled or built up or you yeah know, uh kind of like constructed in a different way i mean i've looked around me and sadly so many of the touchstones of you know the past the cultural past of hong kong have gone yes. i'm not quite sure how you and this is you know i've said what i think is great about hong kong what i think is a shame is the lack of reverence for the past and lack of a sense that we preserve popular culture i mean i'm yeah. not talking about teacups or chinese opera or sun yat sen i'm talking about film culture Chinese martial arts, the things that have put Hong Kong on the map globally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've got this exhibition which I contributed to at the Shatin Cultural Museum of Bruce Lee, but yeah. there should be a permanent Bruce Lee Museum, a permanent Chi uh, museum of Chinese martial, southern Chinese martial culture. Yes. The nearest thing we have is this. Yes. Which is, yeah. it should be paid for by the government, but it's paid for by this sucker. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's what's needed more is a reverence and an appreciation of our culture, which is disappearing fast. Did Bruce Lee ever film on Lantau? Not as an adult. I would have to go through his childhood films. Yeah. He did a bunch of black and white childhood films. Yes. Not all of which are extant or easy to see and even I don't think I've seen all every frame of every yeah, one I would think it's likely as a child he maybe filmed that yeah, because yeah. there was a lot of shooting the, the more unspoilt and uh, overgrown an area was the more likely you were to go and film there Yeah, like the old black and white Wong Fei Hong films they would yeah. shoot there um, but I think he probably did it as a child but yeah. not as, a, as an adult okay Sorry to disappoint you. Yeah, well, maybe it's a maybe it's a task. To I want to come on. I'm going to come in. Actually, we we're going to be doing. Yeah. Um, we're developing a film at the moment. Maybe I shouldn't say what it's exactly about because it's going to spoil it, or maybe it will get beat into the punch. But it would be set on Lantau. And okay. It would be more of a. Remember Mike Lee, the uh, the British director. Yes. Nuts yes, May, Mike Lee. Yes. Kind yeah, of like yeah. improvisational. Yeah. Something more like diff very different okay. for, for 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 me or us. Yes. So that's going to be fun. Okay. Why did you come to Hong Kong in the first place, and, and when was that? Well, it was about, looking back, it was about 30 years ago. And, wow. And uh, okay. it was really, um, I had three ambitions, uh, all of which were, were happily fulfilled. When I was growing up in, in England, in Peterborough, I really felt I was living this monochrome, black and white life, and I just felt I was in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people. Yeah. And I would watch, the first time I saw something, I guess it's like somebody who heard other kinds of music and they heard jazz and they go, that's my thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or whatever it was. Yeah. 
for me, it was just like the first time I saw Kung Fu, which was for all of us of my generation, was kind of in a movie because there wasn't really anybody yes. doing Kung Fu on the streets. So you'd see it in a movie and you go, what is that? What I, that's, that's what I want to do. Yeah. That's what I want to do with my life. That's what I want to learn. That's what I want, what I want to be involved with. And so I was, uh, I come to, I, where do they do that? Yeah. Hong Kong. So you yeah. look on the map and it's like, okay, that's where you know, Bruce Lee's from, who yes. was the first guy who really put it on, the, made us aware of this. So it was like, I want to learn Kung Fu. I want to, uh, in some way, be involved with making Hong Kong films. Yeah. And I wanted to marry Susie Wong. Oh, yeah. Who or wouldn't? the modern equivalent. <laughs> so, and years later, actually, there was a documentary a friend of mine did about Nancy Kwan. Yes, and I, I was know. interviewed for that. And I actually said, you know, that was part of my motivation was I we looked at that film and went, I want to be like William Holden, you know, yeah. the writer who moves and meets uh, uh, Nancy Kwan. Yes. So I, I, it was really those three um, kind of like motivations. And I, I consider it a great blessing of my life that mm. the dreams of my youth came true. And if I went back and said to my um 20 year old self you know like guess what you know you did make films of jackie chan you did have a kung fu school and you did meet um you know the modern version of Susie wong i would be like really it's yeah. all good you know? <laughs> so this so i i, I somehow think you know like it's kind of it's, it's interesting to compare you know the guy who was like you know wanted to be an astronaut and ended up being like a, a quantity surveyor yes. you know and in my yes. case yeah it was like it was the other way but i uh, that was what drove brought, brought me here and you know so yeah. far so good yeah so that would have been around the sort of i mean you probably would have seen a bruce lee film at the cinema sort of mid yes. 70s I, I was we old enough to see the, the Dragon, Bruce Lee movies in their set heavily censored version yeah. in the theatres in Hong Kong, in, in England. Yeah, me too. And was kind of like, wow, this is, I mean, I think, um, well, there were two transformative, you know, kind of moments. One is watching Bruce Lee for the first time. Yeah. And I think a lot of us look at Bruce Lee and you admire him and you idolize him, but none of us really think you can become no. like Bruce Lee. Even Chinese people can't. You know, it doesn't. Not about race. You cannot. Bruce Lee was like was an unique, unattainable. Um, and I thought year by year that it would fade to become kind of a remote cult thing. Yeah. But instead, year by year, Bruce has become ever more potent as a cultural icon. Um, and there's been. I just finished uh, producing a documentary about him for History Channel, and uh, there's already been another documentary done by ESPN just a year ago. So it's like. Yeah. There's more and more, and I. I, I I've written a book, thank you, Gary, for yeah. selling it, Bruce Lee <laughs> no and I, um, and uh, I, I still like to maybe do another documentary about him. There's still more work to be done. The other thing that really kind of like um, turned me on to Chinese martial culture was the old Kung Fu TV series with David Carradine. Oh, yeah, I loved it. Which, well, yes. there were so many concepts. Like now it's probably yeah. dismissed as being, well, you know, he was a white guy. Well, yeah, the character was Eurasian, so you're either going to hire a Chinese guy and yeah. pretend he was half. It's unlikely you could find a Eurasian accent. There were very few Eurasian actors in Hollywood yeah, that's at that right. time. Yeah. So you're either going to get a Chinese guy and pretend he was half white or a white guy and pretend he was half Chinese. Yes. So I always felt that was a fallacious argument. Yeah, it was. The, really. And the character himself had such integrity. Yes. And there were so many things that you saw in that series that now are so you know, pervasive, like Shaolin Temple is the birthplace of Kung Fu, the tiger, the crane, the snake, all those styles, yes. you know, all those things. And this kind of Buddhist philosophy. For somebody watching television in England on a Wednesday night, it was like, what? Yeah. So both of those really, and actually, I, I have a plan to do a book um, 
you know, I wish there were 25 hours to the day, but I want to do a book about the old Kung Fu TV series and its influence yeah. and culture and different aspects of it. I wouldn't and buy that. In later life, I became quite good friends with David Carradine, so yeah. I also share some of my experiences with him. He, he was, was a, a hero, wasn't he? Was he was an amazing live. character. He did not yeah. disappoint, I can tell you, in, yeah. in person, you know. I already had had one relatively successful career in Hong Kong, yeah. sorry, in England, as a film uh, magazine writer and editor, okay. initially with a martial art magazine, later with a film magazine, oh, and then used that as a calling card, because if you actually said to people, you know, I would like to sit down and talk to you for two hours about filmmaking, I mean, I'll do that, but I mean, what, yeah. back in the day, people were not open to it, but then yeah. if you said, well, I want to talk to you about, that's how I became friends with Donnie Yen, you know, yeah. yet man of today, was... I think if I would have said I want to hang out with you, he would have been like, not interested, understandably. Yeah. But um, saying I'll interview you and I'll put you on the cover of my magazine, yes. that was a great calling card. So I don't think I perceived it that way at the time, but I almost feel I, I feel that was the first stage towards working in film was doing the magazines. Right. So I did that, and then I think I was at thirty, pushing thirty when I came, and already had that career. And then, uh, as I said earlier, what I love about Hong Kong, you can reinvent yourself. I really got off the plane and said, yeah. I am now a film producer. Yeah. But I was prepared to, I was prepared to, to work, put, put the hard, yeah, put the hard yeah. graft in, yeah. I would think of myself as being a writer because I think every field I'm involved with involves a certain amount of writing. Um, and then an author of books, um, a couple of which, Bruce Lee and I, and the first volume of 36 Chambers of Kung Fu Cinema are available now at Vibe. Um, Indeed. I've been a film producer um, for most of the time that I've been in Hong Kong and now I'm a Kung Fu school owner and we're sitting here in the uh, rapturous surroundings of the Kwai Fong Marshall Club and also I guess I've become a Hong Kong cinema historian I mean if you actually are part of a a cultural phenomenon and you refuse to die you become a historian yes yes you, that's true because yeah. you, yeah. you know where all the bodies are buried so i mean that yeah. that became but also i wrote the volume one of those chambers and i actually written volume two it's very interesting and this is i think yeah. is a blessing for all of us gary you and i you know both bibliophiles was mm. the the fact that when i started um writing books i thought well i kind of missed the boat here because everything has moved into a digital format. So everybody's yes. films are being shared, music is being shared. No one's gonna to want to pick up a physical book and flick through the pages. It's all gonna be Kindle, it's all gonna be e-copy. Well, I don't know about in broad strokes, yeah. but in my world, no one wants that. They just yeah. want the book. Yes. So we did, th Bruce Lee and I sold exceptionally well. Thirsty Chambers has done okay. And yeah. there's all these people demanding that we do the print version of Thirsty Chambers too. And I go, but I've got an e-copy, I don't care. Yes. I want you to print the damn thing. Yeah. And I'm working I'm most of the way through my second book, Jackie Chan and I. Yes. Um, about my Jackie's films and also my experiences working with Jackie. Yeah. And so that also, everybody says, when's it coming out? And they don't want to hear about an e-version. They want it to be printed. Right. So more trees must die. <laughs> yes. But my well, books must live. For a good cause, I would say. Yeah. Well, thank <laughs> you for saying that. But anyway, but that's been interesting. And it, it gave me a lot of hope because I love books. And I yeah. always feel like, well, I'm the last generation. And I didn't think vinyl would come back. No, none of the us way did. It has. Really? Um, yeah. But vinyl and books and all the things that make make my life worth living. And even actually, yeah. you wouldn't believe it with the day of Netflix. But collectors' editions, Blu-rays are a big thing now. Are they? Yeah. No, they they, they bring out a lot of the Hong Kong films with bonus features, and it's fantastic. And it's been great for me in terms yes. of researching my book. I I kind of not as interested. I used to do a lot of bonus feature materials for 
Blu-rays and DVDs. Yeah. And now I'm thinking it's much more, for me anyway, I'd rather spend the time putting the information into a book that's going to be some kind of, you know, has a solidity to it. Yeah, I do think the other things are kind of temporary. Yeah. yeah. How has COVID affected me? Yes. Less than most, because I, I spent, I, I didn't, I thought that, like everybody, particularly in my field, going, well, no one's going to see movies. No one can make a movie. I'm just going to sit and write my book and do Kung Fu for 12 months. But as it turned out, nice. um, 2020 into 2021 was incredibly busy. I went to Vietnam, to Saigon, to make a film called Furies. And um, the time I was there, Saigon had um, COVID very much under control. Yes. So I flew from Hong Kong. We had to get a special dispensation from the government that I could go in the country. Did my two weeks of quarantine, which was, you know, interesting. And then did um, made the film for the month that I did that and then came back. And then 21 days of quarantine again. Um, um, but I was simultaneously doing the Bruce Lee documentary and then moved right. on to physically produce the rest of that in Hong Kong. So it was a fairly intense period. Right. And I would say the only big change for me was the fact was the amount of time I was in quarantine. You mentioned the Bruce Lee um, documentary earlier that you yes. worked on. Is there a way we can see that now? Is it's it going to be on History Channel. Release? On the History yes. Channel. Yes, it's okay. going to be. And t the great thing about t the thing about film is, I mean, Furies is finished, but I think that will be out the end of the year. Right. Whereas uh, with the documentary, I, I believe History Channel are, uh, will, will have it out in really short order because television gets churned out, turned around fast, really fast, which yeah. is great. So it'll be on History Channel. They're actually running the Excellent. trailers now. It's History's Greatest Mysteries. And they're running the trailers now, presented okay. by Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. I think they lead off with Titanic. Right. And we're like number four or five. Okay. So it'll be Good. up shortly. Right. Let me know what you think. Yes, big time. Yeah. We'll do. Well, I'll like it regardless. Sure. Oh, <laughs> you, you'll, you'll be nice about it. No, but I mean, <laughs> no, I, yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm optimistic, cautiously yeah. optimistic. I think it'll be excellent. So, um, you know, just in terms of what you're doing now, yes. here we are in Kwai Fung right. Martial Arts Centre. Sure. If people want to get here and do things, what, what sort of things can people do here? Well, I, I mean, I think we're the only kind of, I would say, uh, cross-media cultural center focusing really on southern Chinese martial art yeah. but I don't want to limit it to that but it just reflects my interest for kung fu and and movies yes. but I'm open to people coming and being involved with music and painting and photography and whatever they want to do um, and uh, it's a 3,000 square foot space in Kwai yeah. Fong and I'm, I'll obviously leave my contacts later and people can reach out to me yeah. and um, just come and check, check out the place and the way we work is that if if you want to rent it for a commercial enterprise we work something out if it's a purely labor of love creative thing they can have it for free and if it's something that may one day make money they can give me a cut of whatever they eventually make but I do think you know life of service and providing a service is rewarding in the long term yeah. so I definitely have no problem with providing a service with the space and I think now what we do at every Every uh, bi-weekly we have a Hong Kong Kung Fu culture evening, we show yes. movie clips, we have Kung Fu demonstrations, talk about film history, martial art history, to share that with people. We had the first one of those last week. And then we have different classes and different martial arts every night of the week. We're kind of like, I mean, you can come and buy our movie memorabilia because I've got all of the existing memorabilia from the old Golden Harvest studios, including all the Bruce Lee stuff. Yeah. So we sell that on www.realeast.com R-E-E-L-E-A-S-T dot com. That's www.realeast.com Real R-E-E-L <laughs> And uh, you can um, 
find all the materials there. And if you're in Hong Kong and you want, you need to enliven your wall with a Bruce Lee poster or a wonderful artistic you've seen them in the oh, other room uh, fabulous i mean i would just say sitting here yeah <clears throat> this place is inspiring <laughs> you know you, you're surrounded the walls are covered in books and martial arts posters Half your stock and memorabilia. Is here. most of my stock from the shop how did that get there's there it is such a very cool space yeah. i can imagine films being made here right. you can spoof all sorts yes. of offices and gymnasiums yeah. and everything and that Bruce Lee memorabilia, yeah. I just it, it gets me right there. I mean, I it's fantastic stuff. I mean, it was going to be th original. if I had not taken it on, it was going to be thrown away. It's mad. And it was uh, they would never have admitted it, but it would, that's what would have happened to it. So I had to back up a couple of trucks and been keeping it since then. But what's been fascinating to me is the fact that um, I thought, you know, I didn't want it to be destroyed, but I also thought no. maybe I'm the only one. But what I found is that not just for the Bruce Lee, but people. Um, are fascinated and they want to particularly if you're a Hong Kong if you're living in Hong Kong a long time yeah. they like posters like for, for example Warriors 2 is a beautiful artwork poster and you want to put it on your wall as a statement piece that's become something so I'm really glad that you know I can give that back to the community because yeah. otherwise I mean there would be a few copies floating on eBay but not the volume that we have and of course in the store and vibe you've got yeah. some of the Fist of Fury flyers and uh you know, yes, we have. And I mean, I'd, I'd like to say I'm here today to hopefully pick up some more stock absolutely. for us to sell in Vine. Yes. Um, so posters, <laughs> picture cards, Bruce Lee memorabilia. The only thing wrong with you is you're not a Time Lord. Because if yeah. Vibe was bigger on the inside than the outside, like the Times, yeah. it would be perfect. But it's it's pretty damn good as it is. As so far as you good. know, I'm not a Time Lord. Yeah, that's true. So I wouldn't you know. tell you if I was. Indeed. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> Every day I feel like I'm a plate spinner at the circus. Every day I come in yes. and I'm working on developing new yes. visual content, whether it's producing, writing films, documentaries, and then um, Kung Fu classes, Brilliant. writing yes. books, and just basically that's my contribution but at the same time being really open to other people to come in and collaborate you end up being in your tribe and in your groove yes. and I think I do know all the movie and martial art people but yes. I feel that your you know outreach with vibe would be a lot of different I've already met some interesting people through your introduction yes. that um, maybe there's people who could use the space or collaborate with me in some way shape and form yeah it's remarkable in Hong Kong history that such a small place has actually been the um, center for one um, sphere of filmmaking, but actually yeah. it's been the center of three, because you had the indigenous Hong Kong Cantonese movies being yes. made, which is where I worked for most of my Shaw career. Brothers type Shaw of Brothers, Golden yeah. Harvest, and yeah. those independent companies. I worked primarily in Hong Kong films for the time that I've been here. Then you have foreign movies coming to shoot in Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, so your Batman's, your Transformers. Right. Yeah. And then you have these little quirky indie films that yeah. people make um, like yourself yeah yeah and yeah. and they and I think nobody in the Hong Kong industry knows about the quirky indie film yeah. industry and um, the foreign filmmakers tend to come having a very vague knowledge of who the Hong Kong filmmakers are but within this tiny space yeah. you've got these three spinning wheels yes and, so I suppose I've been a kind of a connecting factor in that when I've had the opportunity to do either local films or even international films like Crouching Tiger, there's been a sense yeah. of who have I seen do something really cool locally, like a low-budget movie of their own, yeah. who would like to make the jump across to work in the mainstream. Yes. And yeah. I always think it's like it's like a firewall, 
and like you're here and on the other side of it is the film industry the music industry the the whatever yes in the create in the creative arts and there's like a, a an industry and a business yeah and how do you get in there and i think it's like you know the spike lee thing you know by any means necessary you have yeah. to get over that wall and get in the industry so yeah. to my to, to me to some extent would would reach out to people and find an opportunity to get people from those other spheres yeah to come and work in yeah. projects that we're doing you know hong kong itself is a film set really isn't it is it? you know you you turn a corner in hong kong and you i i still don't think um it's it's, it's ironic in a way because it it tends to be where overseas filmmakers come yeah. to make their worst movie <laughs> like um you know um the that vietnamese director that i come with the rain is his worst film yeah uh, he also made norwegian wood which is good right and center yeah. green papayas and Ciclo, these yes. classic movies yeah and they did i come with the rain in hong kong yeah michael mann he did black hat his worst film <laughs> yeah. so i look at it and go the great international yeah, internationally produced Hong Kong movie yeah. has yet to be made. I mean, I don't yeah. know if I can be counted anymore as a foreign filmmaker. Maybe I'll make it, mm. but I um, I still don't think it's been really re fully realized as a location no. to make films. And I agree with you 100%. The nearest, it was a major inspiration for Blade Runner. Yes. Though none yes. of Blade Runner was filmed here. Yes. But that probably, to me, ironically, the most Hong Kong genuinely Hong Kong movie yeah. was Blade Runner yeah. even though it was not filmed here One but of the he, Ridley Scott had yeah. shot a commercial Ever here made. and caught the vibe of the place yeah. and I think um, that's probably the most ironically the most yeah. know, genuine Hong Kong flick I think it really did inspire that I agree so Bay, what are you going to do next? well I think I did the last Hong Kong martial art movie which was Lady Blood Fight which is a couple of years ago it was okay. not intended to be the last martial art movie but it's, it's been the last till now so yeah. I'd like to do another one yeah, I'd like to do a film bringing traditional Chinese martial arts somehow into the modern world in a realistic way. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how to do that, but that's an idea. Okay. I worked on this. Uh, we've done two of these films so far. Fury, the first one, was a yeah. Vietnamese film, kind of a Vietnamese version of Taken, and it became the most successful Vietnamese film ever. And it's uh, was nominated. It was their film. They nominated for right. the Oscars so I always say uh, Oscar nominated producer but that's not actually true it was basically <laughs> every country nominates their one of their uh, right yeah. and Fury it's unusual because it's an action film right yeah. but it was nominated by Vietnam which I thought was great and the film was hugely successful so we did Fury and then um, just finished Furies so it was like Alien and Aliens is, yeah. right? Gotcha. Fury see Furies, what you're doing right? yeah. so we're doing that and then I'm, I'm working developing at the moment I want to do Fury 2 which okay. we um, I hope we can do in Hong Kong okay. which would be great but it's very early stages. Um, yeah. I'd like to do another. I, I just did like I guess the death of Bruce Lee documentary. Right. So I'd like to go back up river, and I think there's enough material stuff we didn't use. Yeah. Because what we wanted to do in this one was the great history of great mystery was examine Bruce Lee's the circumstances of Bruce Lee's death. Right. And then I think what we the stuff we didn't use or pursue because it wasn't relevant to that. Yeah. Brief. And I think it'd be good to go up river and do. Bruce Lee's life. Yes, and I haven't done okay. one of those yet. Yeah. Um, so those are the immediate projects, and then developing other stuff with other members of the team. So just a couple of things yes. that are important. How do people get in touch with you if they want to use this fabulous yeah. space? Well, I'm uh, not at all proud, and anybody who wants mm. to ask questions or come and check out the school or you know harangue me in any which way, uh, you can reach me on my phone at WhatsApp, which is 
Hong Kong 852, 93749619, 93749619, all are welcome. And uh, my email is bay, B-E-Y, at realeast, R-E-E-L-E-A-S-T, dot com. So on either format, I'm really open to people okay. approaching in any which way. Every Saturday we have a Zoom webinar. We've been using modern, after all my ranting about social media, we are using it. We have a Zoom webinar every Saturday where my teacher um, teaches a form and we have Zoom classes. One of the things I think that, you know, we always want to turn, you know, like uh, poison into nectar, the bad times of um, COVID. One thing that happened was at the beginning of the process, um, uh, Elizabeth, my, my partner in crime, said, well, you know, no one's going to be coming in to train because this is the situation and these are the limitations. So what we need to do now is Sifu needs to be teaching private classes and group webinars. And I'm like, nobody is going to want that. No, I was wrong. <laughs> People were stuck at home going, I've always wanted to do Kung Fu and now's my chance. And so yes. it's been fantastically successful. And now I think it's a business and a, a model that will outlive the, the plague years. Yeah. We'll keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, the next it's quite break. an undertaking. Yeah, yeah. So we do those every. You can find the, the ones we've done so far, edited and available on release.com. And then um, okay. the new ones are updated every week. Bay Logan, thank you very much. Thank you for coming, mate. Cheers. Appreciate it. Cheers. You can listen to all our podcasts published at SoundCloud under Gauss or on YouTube under Live at Vibe HK or following the links from my website at vibehk.com. Finally, a reminder that Vibe is open seven days a week, every day of the year, from 12 noon until approximately 6.30pm. Well, that's it for another week. Thanks for listening to the 25th Vibe Book and Music Shop podcast called Vibrations. I'm Gary Brightman. You get my vibe? Can you imagine what this old island must have looked like to those Dutch sailors when they first saw it? Fresh green. Like a dream of a new world. They must have held their breath. Afraid it would disappear before they could touch it.